Hello and welcome to Writing Perspectives, a podcast about writing and writers. My name's Steve Borley and I'm a writer. Writing Perspectives is here to help you understand what it takes to be a successful writer and what the life of a writer is really all about. I certainly don't have all the answers, so each episode I introduce you to interesting people who just might. And today I'm delighted to be speaking to Philip Walk. Philip has enjoyed a long and successful career delivering and managing library services. Philip gained his degree in librarianship at Brighton Polytechnic in south of England, where he was awarded the Dun & Wilson Prize. He went on to have a career in the library service in West Sussex and then in the city of Edinburgh in Scotland. From the year 2000 until 2015, Philip was principal librarian and then latterly library services manager for Midlothian Council, a local authority that delivers library services just outside Edinburgh in Scotland. Philip's libraries have been celebrated locally and nationally. Locally, the Library Service won the Outstanding Achievement Award in the 2014 Celebrate Midlothian Awards. And nationally, under its stewardship, Midlothian Libraries were named Library of the Year in the 2014 Bookseller Industry Awards. And personally too, Philip himself was awarded an honorary fellowship of the Chartered Institute of Library and Information Professionals for his outstanding career as a leading light in developing and delivering library services that people want to use and value. Philip's also the chair and director of the Midlothian Science Festival, which he founded in 2012, and is still going strong. So there's literally no one better placed or more passionate to talk about how writers and their local libraries can work together. So welcome to Writing Perspectives, Philip. Thanks very much, Steve. Um, when you read all that out, it sounds quite amazing, but yeah, it was my <laughs> life and my passion. So, uh, yeah. and, and what I'm talking about is public libraries, not academic or business or government libraries. There are lots and lots of different types of libraries uh, in society, and I'm talking about public libraries. Yeah, absolutely. Pub- public libraries. And, and uh, sorry, I probably should have, should have made that clear. That's what we're talking no, about, the kind okay. of libraries that that you find in, in, in local communities in, right across the UK and, and around the world. So pr- perhaps to kick things off, Philip, you know, taking it at quite a high level, what role does a modern public library service play? Well, that, that's quite a difficult question to answer because libraries are changing all the time. Um, when I first started working in libraries, we were using Brown Issue System, which was... Um, uh, hard cards in in tickets and tickets people had to take their tickets home with them uh bring them into the library and when i uh, retired from libraries we were using uh all sorts of self-issues uh terminals um the internet would been introduced maybe about 10 12 years previously so libraries are changing all the time and they're different things at different ages and so, for example, with children, uh, people sometimes say, oh, well, my, my child is too young. Your child is never too young to bring into a library. And uh, in all public libraries, we now have book, in Scotland, they have book bug sessions, whereby uh, there are rhyme times and uh, kids and parents and carers are encouraged to use words and sounds and music to develop uh, language skills, numeracy skills, etc., etc. Uh, again, when children are at school, there are lots of class visits where information literacy is, is an important skill that children learn because, you know, in this present political climate where there's a lot of talk about fake news, children and adults indeed need to learn how to identify the sources of information that they're looking at. So, for example, in Facebook, 
you get all these scare stories about all sorts of weird things and a lot of it just turns out to be fake and nonsense so you've really got to to go to the source of the information to find out well is this actually accurate um so we try and teach that in in class visits and certainly in terms of adults there are digital literacy classes as well uh, and also encouraging children to read and every library in, in the uk has a summer reading challenge for for primary school children which again they, they're um, encouraged to read six books and at the end of the six books they're questioned or, or asked questions about their their reading and then they're giving it a, a a token and a prize, and, and uh, at the end of the, the summer reading challenge, they're all brought together, have a photo opportunity, and um, just congratulated on their reading. Also, there's all sorts of arts and crafts activities. Minecraft is very popular in libraries as well. And in terms of writing, uh, for young people, many library authorities, Midlothian included, have writing competitions in collaboration partnership with local writing groups um, there's also encouragement to read graphic novels um, and encouragement of boys into reading because I don't know about you but certainly I didn't read very much when I was a boy I just read comics um, and what we do is we we have football uh, bringing kids into to boys into, into libraries using football as a, as a an enticement so they play football outside and then we talk about um, stories to do with football and stuff like that so that's bringing boys into into reading and into libraries and also recently there's been pro programming clubs where children are learned uh, are taught how to program computers like the raspberry pi and things like that and in terms of adults um you know, when I first started in libraries, there weren't the kind of outlets for um, leisure activities that there are at the present time. And um, people borrowed a lot more books from libraries than they do today. But what, what we have today is we have more activities and, and, and events in libraries to encourage people to come in. And one of the things that, that was very successful in Midlothian was a writers' group, and that's still going. And we, we worked with the Town of Mess Writers um, Organization, and we worked with East Lothian to provide a writer in residence, and we paid for a writer in residence to come in and support writers in the writers' groups. Also, reading groups, you know, um, it's important for people to discuss. It's not important, it's really interesting to be able to discuss the books that you've read. Uh, so reading groups are, are important. Uh, what I'm going to say next is a bit weird, but it's taken libraries by storm throughout the UK, and that's knitting, knitting and natter groups. And um, mostly women, but men as well, come into the library and they knit and they natter and they have a chat and... Um, they, they have friendships, join friendships, and also borrow books on knitting and, and patterns and all that sort of thing. And I'm really amazed. I mean, as part of my role as uh, chair of the uh, Libraries Change Lives Award, 
I used to visit libraries up and down the country, and these groups were really, really popular. And, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with libraries, you would never think knitting and mattering in libraries? Wow. Um, on a, a different level, we have, a, well, certainly in Midlothian, we had a bibliotherapist who helps people with mental health issues through words, through writing, through books, through poetry, to explore emotions and feelings. And that is all evidence-based and uh, sanctioned by the NHS. So that's a really good way of bringing people together who maybe, as individuals, become very isolated, not wanting to join in any activities or events, and they can come to a bibliotherapy group and discuss words, poetry, uh, chapters from, from books. So that's a kind of really good health and well-being role that the library plays uh, in, in today's society. Then there's local and family history, um, which again is, is, is incredibly popular. And the local library has unique um, sources of information relevant to, to family and local history. And another thing in, to do with health and well-being is reminiscence groups. So there are remin reminiscence groups whereby people come together with a, um, a facilitator to discuss memories. So it could be about football, it could be about transport, it could be about holidays, it could be about anything. And the local library there has these groups um, available and encourages people to come into the library. Uh, uh, and something that's developed over the last maybe five, six, seven years is dementia and Alzheimer-friendly libraries. Because as we know, dementia and Alzheimer is be uh, has become the scourge of, of older people, and maybe not so older people. And um, anything that helps support the carers and the people themselves is really, really helpful. Um, it's very useful. So dementia and Alzheimer-friendly libraries, whereby staff understand the problems associated with dementia and Alzheimer, so they can provide better uh, targeted um, services. So those are just some of the things that, that uh, the modern library does. Uh, and Neil Gaiman uh, once is quoted as saying, Google can bring you back 100,000 answers. A librarian can bring you back the right one. So, you know, libraries, no, I mean, they're just amazing, absolutely incredible. I mean, what's what's really interesting listening to you talk about all of those things, Philip, is, you know, the um, from from you know very very young children, there are services in the local libraries for them, right through to people, as you say, older people, retired people, um, whether that's uh, you know simply giving them access to books they wouldn't otherwise and resources they wouldn't otherwise be able to afford, but actually more increasingly more importantly, it's about the um, connections, it's about community, and it's about about bringing people together and giving them a, a space where things are organized to, to, to do and to share in rather than rather than you know, just be about about a collection of books I think that's really interesting and I think that's people probably only only ever see the bits that are aimed at, at, at their age group if you're a parent you know about about book clubs and, 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 and bookworm things and all that and, and the rest of it perhaps doesn't doesn't get as much understanding and as much coverage as as it should that's really really interesting um, 
but I'm, I'm really really interested in a, a couple of things you, you mentioned in in there particularly around around writing and what libraries and writers can do together um so you, you spoke about both writer in residence and also uh, about the bibliotherapist taking those in turn um writer in residence i've spoken to on one of these episodes to a, a, a chap called um, martin cathcart froden who is the writer in residence poet in residence at the national trust for scotland it was interesting hearing hearing his approach to how he, how he went about that from a library perspective when you've had a writer in residence what have you asked them to do what kinds of things have you have you been looking for them to to get involved in and, and to produce and provide for the library well, basically, we've, as I said, we've got, we have writing groups in our libraries. So um, Midlothian's a fairly small authority. There's only 10 libraries. Um, and, but <laughs> we had two writing groups. We, we have two writing groups, one in Pennycook and one in Dalkeith. Uh, and what, what the writer in residence does is go to these groups and supports the writers. And also, as I said, we kind of in, in partnership with East Lothian libraries. So the writer in residence also goes to East Lothian and goes to their writing groups as well. Um, and, and also, you know, it, it's that critical, uh, objective viewpoint of somebody's writing which is really important and somebody who knows what they're talking about because i could read something and say oh yeah well that's okay or that's you know you can maybe improve that do something <laughs> for example the arrogance that i've got uh, i thought that uh, ian banks could do with a good editor you know uh, <laughs> but that's just my viewpoint whereas you know somebody who is a writer and is published has a better understanding of what makes writing good so that yeah. individual criticism is really important the other thing that we got the writer in residence to do was to have events targeted targeted at people who wanted to write so if somebody didn't want to come to a writer's group every fortnight they could come to one of these events which was a one-off maybe a half day or a full day and they'd be looking at playwriting or um novels, character development, um, all sorts of things to do with writing. So they could come to that half day um, and then have, at the end of that, we, we'd maybe have, a, we'd also have the writing competition. So at the end of that, we would announce the winner of the writing competition, the writer, writer who won that would do a reading. So it was all that celebration of writing but also that communication, it's important. Uh, I mean, I'm not a writer, but I would imagine that somebody who writes wants someone to read it. So it's about that communication and networking and that ability to reach people so that they can read the wisdom <laughs> that, that the writer has, writ has written. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, yeah. Yeah, I think there's this idea that one of the things a library can do is to connect a local writer with local readers, I think, is is something that writers often overlook um, uh, as, a, as a potential source of, you know, getting getting readers. As you say, I think the difference between a writer and a diarist is a writer writes to writes for it to be read. And um, that's, that's a really interesting point for it. And, and thinking about, about the, the bibliotherapist, which obviously is a, is a, is a I guess, is a healthcare professional as well as a as well as a, a kind of a. a creative writing type person um do, do they work with people helping them to, to write to explore their issues and those kinds of things is that the sort of role they have not necessarily it's not necessarily to do with writing um but it can be 
Um, and the person doesn't necessarily need to be a health professional either. Mm -hmm. What the person needs to do is to have an understanding of writing and to be able to, to be a good communicator and facilitator. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an understanding of writing that's really important. Um, because what that person has to do is to have a knowledge of what works well in expressing emotions and feelings. Because people with mental health issues sometimes have difficulty in, in expressing their feelings and you know, they, they feel very um, isolated. But also they may feel very vulnerable as well. And they need to feel safe in, in, in any setting where they explore stuff. Uh, and that, that bibliotherapist also needs to be able to have boundaries and to know where those boundaries are. So if somebody, to one, to, for want of a better phrase, goes off on one, then that person needs to be able to rein them back sensitively so that person doesn't feel rejected and demoralized, but, but understands, well, yeah, there's a boundary here. I've maybe overstepped it a bit and, and pulls them back into um, communicating in, in a more appropriate way. So it's a very, very difficult role to fill, I think. And in Midlothian, we, we had a brilliant you know, bibliotherapist who did it very, very well. And she worked very, uh, very much with the NHS and with mental health uh, agencies to bring clients into the library um, and to build up that relationship with, with the professional health providers and also with, mm -hmm. with the clients. Great. That's re a really interesting role and not, not one I'm, I'm, I'm particularly familiar with. Um, so that's that's really interesting to hear that that sort of thing's going on in, in libraries and, and is and is there too. Um, so think, thinking more generally about how libraries and writers work together, um, not necessarily the writer in residence, but but other local writers that might might be thinking how how do I work with my local library? So how does a local a local writer work with a local library? Well, first of all, I think you've got to get to know um, the library staff. Um, there are lots of things happening, as I said. You know, there's lots of events, lots of activities happening, and one of the things that I introduced well, I I introduced of your library day into Midlothian. Uh, I think I think that was about 2012, and what we had was we had local um, organisations coming in and doing events and activities for a day. So it might be a country dancing um, group, and they'll do some country dancing, and maybe a mu it may be a musician, um, it may be uh, an author, it may be children's activities and things like that. So uh, a local writer would need to find out what's happening in the local library and what what they can get involved in. So it's important to have a, a good relationship with the library staff. Um, it, it, you know, it, it varies uh, wherever the library is. So, you know, in, in a large city, you might be able to get in touch with the, the local branch, but you maybe have to go a bit further than that and, and find out who organises things. In smaller mm -hmm. libraries, library authorities, the local library would put on lots of activities and events. So, you know, it, it's it's knowing the right person to contact within the library. So, And also, a major thing in libraries in November in Scotland 
is Book Week Scotland. And um, again, it's a week-long event of events, of author, author events. Um, so the person, you know, local, we had a lot of local authors in Midlothian coming along with Book Week Scotland and having, having author visits and what have you. And there, there are big events happening in other parts, like Bloody Scotland in Stirling, which is for crime writers. So if somebody's a budding crime author, uh, they might be able to get involved in something like that. Um, so those are the sorts of ways that, that writers can, can get involved with a local life. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And, and perhaps unpacking that a little bit, Philip. So a writer go, is, is involved as a, a local lovely library that week or, or whatever it is and they're there to, to go and do something with the library what have you seen work best or work well when when a writer comes in into work with a library and, and library users um well i think it usually is part of well it, it, again it depends on whether it's in the city or whether it's in the uh in a more rural authority so in the city um one-off events can work well but if the person's not well known then it usually is as part of a bigger event. Um, you know, so usually there's a series of, of events, so Love Your Library Day. Um, again, local local authors are encouraged to be to participate in that. In class visits, again, if, if authors are children's writers, then we can organise children's uh, class visits for them and get in touch with the local primary school, bring a class visit in. And that's a really good way of having a, um, a, a good audience and ensuring that an audience does turn up um, and you know that, that, that's really good um, mm. what I, one of the best uh, one of the best author events that I've chaired was with Stuart McBride who's a, an Aberdeen crime writer and he did an hour and a half and it was basically a comedy turn he was very, very funny, but also he read um, from his novels and he was absolutely brilliant. And this was part of Love Your Library. Um, because Love Your Library Day became so successful, we had it over a week and it, it runs for a week now. And he came along and he did this thing and we had a, a poster up in, in the, on the wall which said Love Your Library. And he went up and he said, and he wrote on it, anyone who doesn't love your library is a twit. <laughs> so we use that in our kind of promotional activity. Yeah. So what works well is um, is part of an event, part of a, uh, a series of events that's well promoted, well advertised and supported by the staff. And as part of these kind of things, we've had Frankie Boyle, which was really, really popular, as you can imagine, um, mm -hmm. of Cherdy and Banks, Christopher Brookmeyer, Stuart McBride, you know, um, quite a few well-known authors, as well as a lot of local authors, and they've all been, you know, really, really good. Yeah, and and how do the library users respond to to the writers? <laughs> Throw stones. No, um, <laughs> they again. It, it depends on the writer and and how that writer engages with the audience. Because if a, if an author doesn't engage with your with the audience, and it, you know, and as you know, writing is a very very solitary occupation, and you can, you have to be inside your head, and you know, be the characters, be 
what it is that you're writing. So communicating that to the audience in a, in a verbal, physical sense is very, very different. So you've got to have different skills, different ways of communicating when you're in that live situation. So if a writer has communicated well, then you get lots of questions, you get lots of interaction, um, and you get people enthusiastic about, you know, um, about that person's writing. Yeah, it's interesting, Fred, when I've been doing, doing these podcasts and speaking to other writers about, about the, the role of the writer, um, one of the things that has come through very, very often talking to people is one, not only do they have to write, they also have to be their own publicist. And two, part of that is also then being able to, to talk about and, and, and you say, present their work in a way that makes people want to interact with it. And that's kind of part of the whole, the whole role of, of a writer, I suppose. And, and what, what you said kind of bears that out that, um, somebody coming along and, and talking about their work and, and in an engaging way and talking about the ideas behind their work and, and kind of promoting questions and thoughts in the audience is, is what works best, I suppose. So what underlies that, I guess, is somebody who has a, who, who can talk about their work and, and who can, who can explain it and, and can, can explain their thought processes, I suppose. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I was just thinking about a, a session that we had as for books, book week Scotland. And we had a, um, an author visit from Peter May, who's written about uh, Scottish crime. And he was in the south of Spain at the time, and we had a Skype session. So he was sitting <laughs> on his balcony in the south of Spain, sipping a glass of wine, while we were all huddled <laughs> on a cold winter's <laughs> evening in, in Lone Head. And that was really, really good, because he was very relaxed. I don't mean drunk, yeah. I do mean relaxed. Um, and and we had a big screen and we had the Skype session that worked really well. Um, so you know, if you have magic, imaginative ways of engaging with with audiences and with with writers, you know that can bring people together and, and make it more interesting. So you know that's the way of modern technology we can use that to bring writers and, and audiences together. Yeah, that's really interesting. That sounds sounds really good. Think and also, all, all, all any writers listening to this will be inspired by the idea of idea of being on a balcony in Spain with uh, <laughs> with, with a drink and relaxing. If that's what being a writer is, um, uh, yeah, fantastic. So, you know, given given all, all, all the stuff we've been speaking about about writers and working with with libraries and libraries, I think as we as you, we demonstrated at the start, are kind of real local community hubs. What do you think, taking these kind of two things together, that says about the role writers should play in their local communities or, or perhaps should is too strong a word, could play in their local communities? Um, well, I think libraries exist because of writers. You know, if we didn't have writers, we wouldn't have libraries. Um, so I think that uh, it's just really important that we work together and that, that, um, and that, that there's funding for this sort of thing, you know, because we've got Book, Book Trust Scotland who provide funding for authors to come in. So, you, you know, a local author can uh, go on the Book Trust Scotland list and, and get paid half by Book Trust Scotland and a half by the library service to come and do author visits. So that's a way that we can work together. Um Sorry, I've, I've lost... What was the question again? <laughs> so it's ab ab about what role writers should or could play in their local communities. 
what they could it should um yeah. writers well to me i think that that a community is enhanced and enriched by having writers in it and um I think it's really important that writers make themselves known to the community. When I worked in Morningside Library in Edinburgh, I put together a community profile. And one of the aspects of that profile was a bibliotherapy, a bibliotherapy, a bibliography of books about the area, books that featured the area in them, and also authors in that area. Um, and, you know, Morningside had a, a, quite a few writers, not necessarily well-known, but some who were less well-known, but non, not, not less important. Um, and I think what that does is it enriches that community and it adds to that, uh, that value of that community. So I think, you know, if you've got authors living in a community, they should make themselves known through the library service and other activities that they do so there's that richness, um, and it's about culture, isn't it? For, well, for me, it's about culture and having a, a living in a cultural environment. Um, I live in Preston Pans in East Lothian, and when I first moved here, I didn't know anybody, didn't know very much about the area. And then I went to um, the Three Harvest Arts Festival, and the people's houses were opened, where art was shown, there was um, there were writers, there were authors, there were illustrators, there were artists, and what that made me feel was, I really love living here because it's there's a culture here that I didn't know anything about. So I think authors add to the culture and to the value of the community in which they live. Brilliant. That's a that's a that's a good thing for writers to hear. I think for it. that's that's terrific. So finally, we're coming towards the end of our time today, what advice would you give to any aspiring writers? <laughs> Join your local library. Um, <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, join your local library, read lots of books, join a writing group, ob obtain peer and objective creative, critis creative criticism, and don't be demoralised if publishers reject you. And join on, on, online self-publishing sites because they're always um, helpful. And most importantly, listen to Steve's blog because there you'll find <laughs> lots of help and advice. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Philip. The check's in the post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, well, very thanks, welcome. Philip. Yeah, that, that, that brings us to the end of our time for this episode. Um, it's been, been lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So isn't it a privilege to spend time talking to someone so passionate about taking everything that the written word has to offer to everyone? Um, thanks, um, Philip, again, for being so generous with your insights and sharing your experience. Um, so I hope you've heard something useful today. I most definitely have. Um, come and visit our website, writing-perspectives.com. I'll be posting full show notes for this and every episode so you can find out more about Philip. And please come and visit, leave your comments and let me know what you think and share what you know. And if you want to go onto iTunes and leave a review there, all the better. 
So what makes you a writer? If you write, I think that's pretty much it. And if you're writing at the moment, that's brilliant. Keep going. And if you're not, do you know what's stopping you? If you need something to help you get going, why not set yourself a timer and write against the clock? Two minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes, it doesn't matter. First of all, you could open a book, any book, any page, and write down the first word or phrase that jumps out at you. You can start your alarm and then write, inspired by your phrase or your word. Write the words as they come. Don't edit, don't, don't catch yourself, just write. Don't worry about what comes out, just get the ink moving through the pen. And when your alarm goes off, stop. And then go away, make a cup of tea, go for a walk, do something else for half an hour. And then when you come back, look at what you've written. Have a read back. What phrases or words did you use? What ideas came out? What does it make you think now? Now you've gone back to it. Maybe something, maybe nothing. But I'll bet there's something though. Give it a try just to get your writing muscles flexing. Get the pen flowing again, get the keyboard clacking. So thanks very much for listening. My name's Steve Borley and this has been Writing Perspectives. Until next time, goodbye.